Dice, the tabletop talk show of the Fundamental. This is Dan rolling in. We got another great episode this week, but first, I was going to ask that you go give us a rating and review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. There's a lot to help us get noticed, get those numbers up. Also, a reminder that we're partnered with Found Familiar Coffee, a fantastic place selling great coffee with a D&D twist. I've got a link below. My faves are Goodberry and Thieves Can't. Go check them out and remember to use Fandom, F-A-N-D-O-M at checkout to get 10% off of your entire order. A little bit of benefit for you, a little bit of benefit for us. Everybody wins. All right. My guest this week is Sarah Madsen, Unfettered Muse, a multi-talented writer of both books and RPGs, including D&D, and one of the contributing authors to the upcoming Candlekeep Mysteries. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, uh, obviously, the the big news, um, which we'll get to talking about as much as we can later on, is that you have uh, it's been announced that you are writing a adventure for the upcoming Candlekeep Mysteries book from Dungeons and Dragons, um, and this comes after quite a, a fairly prolific career writing, um, both in many different mediums, you know, fiction and other things, but also writing uh, tabletop supplements and adventures um, for both D&D and other systems. Um, and so what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about how we're going to get from where you start out to writing for D&D. Um, and I always like to start when it comes to talking to any writer, whether it's for D&D or fiction writing, is... Um, how you got into writing in the first place, like what drew you to just writing in general? Um, honestly, I think probably like many writers, um, I've kind of always wanted to be a writer. I still have like journals from when I was in like fifth grade writing really cringy vampire stories and things <laughs> like that, you know? And so it was just sort of something I was always doing um, for my own self. Um, you know, with vague dreams of like, maybe one day I'll be able to make this into something or I'll write a whole book. Um, but yeah, it's just always kind of been something that I've loved to do and wanted to do. So, yeah. Uh, so, um, it sounds like you were interested in, uh, different stuff even when you were, were starting out. Um, I'm wondering what what drew what draws you? You've written in several different genres um, in different different forms, but obviously, considering your work with uh, with tabletop and what you've what you've published so far, it seems like you're definitely interested in in science fiction and, and fantasy and stuff like that. I'm wondering what draws you to working in those genres. Well, I sort of grew up with them. Um, you know, I lived in a household that, like, Tolkien and stuff was sort of a, a regular fixture. I had bookshelves, and um, I always grew up grew up reading and watching and consuming, you know, sci-fi and fantasy media. And so 
when I started wanting to tell my own stories, it's sort of just naturally kind of where I wanted to go with it. So when were you introduced, uh, to tabletop games? When did you, um, start playing them and learning about them? So D and I knew about for ever. I mean, it's hard for me to think of a time that I didn't know about Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, I grew up, you know, watching the cartoon and just knowing that it existed, but not having anybody to play with and not really knowing how to start that, like where to even go to, to start playing D&D. It was not really a thing that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, then when I went to college, um, I met a group of gamers and you know, it was actually friends of my boyfriend at the time who they wanted to start a gaming group and they were interested in wanting to know if I wanted to start playing. We actually started with um, Imagine, which is an, a different fantasy role-playing game. It's, you know, one of the Dungeons and Dragons adjacent sort of mm-hmm. fantasy genre. Um, and I actually went through that and then I think we played Werewolf Wild West next and Call of Cthulhu before we finally got to D and D, and then you know a several year long campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really get into actually playing tabletop until I was like eighteen, I think. Um, even though I always knew that you know it was a thing that existed, but yeah, that seems fairly common for a lot of people uh, mm-hmm. if they've heard about it. Which I think everyone's heard of D and D. Some everyone hears about D and D fairly early, uh, yeah. in some form, good or bad. Uh, but college seems to be when I don't know if it's just the conflu- confluence of people who are there's enough interest shoved together in one place that you happen to fi- you'll, you're going to find somebody who wants to do it, or everyone's out of high school, or I don't know what it is, but everyone seems yeah. to start in high in in college. Yeah. <laughs> There seems to be a, yeah, a group, there's, there's seems to be either you find it fairly young, um, either through your parents or, you know, your, your friends in that age, or you find it like when you go off to college, mm-hmm. sort of this polar opposites. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, did you, did you go to college to be a writer? Uh, not at first. <laughs> when I first went to college, I, uh. I wanted to be an English major, um, and I let my mom talk me out of it because she was like, what are you going to do with an English degree? All you can do is teach, which teaching is by far like one of the hardest professions, and I do not like put down teaching at all, and I mm-hmm. wouldn't hate teaching, yeah. but she was like, you want something that will leave you with, you know, you can do other things, lots of options, and so I changed. I ended up becoming a music therapy major. Actually, um, I was in band and marching band in high school and I sort of took that into college. And then I got about two years into it and I realized that this is not what I want to do. And I sort of skated around several other majors until I landed back at English. Um, and then that's, you know, where I finally settled in that <laughs> and managed to, you know, do the thing and um, got a degree with in English, but um, concentration of concentration in writing and publication mm-hmm. so yeah yeah well, that's kind of that's where I, kind of how I do it. I think a lot of people getting into English especially 
those of us who end up getting a concentration or major in creative writing get easily talked out of it to start out with, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I understand it's, it's all meant, you know, they mean well. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I understand, you know, where they're coming from, but it would have saved me a lot of trouble if I had just been like, no, you know, just going to do English, just sticking with it. Oh but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, when did you start writing, uh, I guess, when did you start professionally writing? I'm curious. I'm always curious when someone uh, is able is doing that. Um, and I'm curious when you transferred over, when you decided to start working in tabletop. So the tabletop thing kind of landed in my lap. So I have friends, so I started playing tabletop in college. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of moved over to the LARP. Um, like Vampire the Masquerade and things like that and met a lot of people in like an organization across the country. And so I made a lot of, a ton of gamer friends, right? Um, and so one of them knew that I was writing and I really enjoyed, you know, I was a decent writer, I guess. <laughs> she had a friend who was putting together a, a tabletop book and needed some people to come you know, get on board and, and write. And I, at the time, I wasn't super familiar with the fifth ed rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he said, it's fine. You can just come on, write, you know, write the fluff, write all of everything else. We'll handle the crunchy bits. But, you know, do a lot of the, the world building and development um, in this one particular section. And so I did that. And it was a lot of fun and kind of opened my eyes to like, oh, wait, here's, you know, hadn't really thought about writing for tabletop before that had happened. Um, And then I started actually DMing my own fifth ed game at the request of one of my friends. And the more I did it, the more I was like, you know, I can, I can actually, I can do this. I can handle the crunchy bits. I can, you know, write my own stuff. Um, And that's when I ended up publishing uh, the haunting of Grim Tallow Manor, which is my first one-shot adventure that I put up on DMs Guild. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got invited the Scott Gable, who's uh, the editor that I wrote for, for the fairy ring beyond the twisting, beyond the twisting way, I think was mm-hmm. the first project I did. He also works for Kobold press um, and they needed some new writers. And I guess he had liked the work that I had done for him before. So he, <laughs> you know, shot me an email and I started working with them. And so it just sort of started with one little, you know, contact and friend who knew somebody who knew somebody sort of deal and kind of rolled from there. So, yeah. So it's a, uh, I guess, relatively speaking, to be a fairly recent development if you started with, started writing with fifth ed. Um, yeah, yes, uh, definitely. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, when you've, uh, you've worked in a few different systems, you've played in several different systems, um, and you've worked in a few, like you've worked, you recently worked with uh, the new Warhammer release, I believe, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Um, I'm wondering if... You, you know, do you do you like working outside of D and D? Like, is there, do you have one that you you really like, um, or is D and D your your favorite to work with? I'm curious. 
I think D, I mean, D&D, yeah, I think D&D is probably my favorite. I think that's a combination of just, I love the game and it's the one I'm the most comfortable with right now too. It's the one I've written the most for. Um, But it's definitely been a lot of fun writing outside of that as well and getting different experiences and seeing, you know, the way different games work. Um, for the uh, Age of Sigmar Soulbound, the War, the Warhammer, yeah. um, I got brought on to write several one-page adventures, which is mm. a completely different monster than writing, you know, an eight or nine thousand word adventure. So it was definitely a challenge to shift gears and, you know, compress everything that a DM needs to write or to run, you know, a, an adventure for his table or her table and squish it down into one page. Um, plus, you know, they, they use British English instead of American English. So (laughs) it's definitely having to watch, you know, spelling and, and things like that. So yeah, it's, I don't think I've had a bad experience yet in, thankfully I'm very lucky. I haven't had a bad experience yet doing any of my projects. So, yeah. When you, when you're working on, um, on tabletop work, uh, you know, you've, you've worked with, um, you've written traditional stuff, you've published a novel, um, and some short, some short work and all kinds of things. I'm wondering what, um, the, if the creative process is different when it comes to writing, uh, tabletop content, or if you approach it differently than you would a normal, quote unquote, normal piece of writing. Um, or if it, there's not much difference for you? Uh, yes and no. And the, do I approach it differently? Um, for me personally, I mean, I can't speak to anybody else's personal writing habits and how they do it. But for me, it's all about sort of the story that mm-hmm. you're telling. Um, and so if I'm writing a novel, you know, it's obviously there's a difference in that it's longer. Um, and But I also have complete control over where everything is going as opposed to writing for games. It's this very careful balance of writing, you know, something that has, you know, a start and a finish. There, there's a place for it to go in, you know, for the, the DM to run them through it and to have interesting elements to it to keep players motivated. I mean, you know, we all love to just like, have giant mass combat sometimes, but a lot of what motivates players is, you know, the story elements and things like that, but also a keeping the story so that it's about the characters, the PCs, because the story at the end of the day, my story that I'm writing down in my adventure is just a framework for them. Um, And making it so that their choices that they make matter and have an impact on the way things resolve it's hard because you can't obviously cannot plan for every eventuality. You have no way. And, you know, the first time I had some people um, play testing uh, my haunting at Grim Tallow Manor, it, I had three different groups and they all came back and, you know, I had run it for my group and their people all did completely things that I hadn't even considered might be a possibility. So you, you do your best, I guess, <laughs> to, yeah. to consider, you know, where it's going to go. Um, and then, you know, write, g- 
give them a fun story and a fun setting to play in, but also leave it open enough that they can affect things meaningfully. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of uh, kind of daunting. I think as a as a writer because and I'm always I'm always it's one of the one of the most interesting things for me talking to people who do both, um, who write both, um, you know, short stories or fiction and tabletop is you don't have that control over people, um, mm -hmm. and D D and D players are you know famous for being able to completely destroy you know a dm's plans and that's a dm who's you know knows yeah. their group um when someone doesn't know the group who's going to have it it's it's sounds like it's very challenging um to to plan for that <laughs> yeah yeah it is it is it is but um what do you do i guess what's your approach to making those choices meaningful like what do you do to um or what do you think about when you're thinking about what to give players that will make them really feel like the choice they're making matters. It's, it's a little bit like thinking about it as a choose your own adventure story mm -hmm. <laughs> almost. And I guess it's, it's similar, you know, when you're writing a novel or a short story, you know, you always have those questions about like, okay, well what now? And you know, sometimes you have the general idea of the arc of where it's going to go, but, Sometimes you have to look at things and just say, but what if, what, but what if this, uh -huh. you know, what if we take things and what if something happened and it went this way? Um, and just kind of taking those into consideration. And part of it too, is not getting, you know, analysis paralysis over like every little thing. Um, but putting in at the big moments, you know, I think, you know, three or four, it could go this way, or, you know, you are always going to have the characters who are going to just want to kill everything. You know, you're going to have the characters that may want to make, you know, a moral choice, even though it's not the most beneficial to them, or you're going to want to have the characters who want to make the beneficial to them choice, even though it's not the most moral choice. And just sort of outlining the main couple of ways that, you know, a party may want to go in, in those certain directions and just, doing your best to make each of those choices actually matter. So. Yeah. Uh, that's something I think people, I think DM sometimes even still struggle with. Um, and I've tried right. I'm working on adventures and like, well, a lot of people are getting into writing adventures and um, those choices are important because you don't want to railroad people. Um, right. And you've got to try to make some expectations. Um, so you write with Cobalt Press on a lot of different things, mm -hmm. and, um, you, um, continue to publish your own work outside of Tabletop, and now you are writing, uh, something official for Dungeons & Dragons, and I'm curious, uh, what it was like getting that, getting that call, you know, I'm not quite... 100% sure on how the process works, um, but I'm wondering what was how it felt to get called up to the uh, to the varsity's team. <laughs> it was so I did a lot of punching the air um, <laughs> and kind of spinning around in my chair, and then I was basically useless for the rest of the day. 
um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a really great, you know, thrill and very exciting to be invited to contribute to something from them. So I was, I was very excited, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and very sort of, you know, honored that, because like you said, a lot of people are getting into writing adventures, which is fantastic. Things like, you know, the DMs Guild and things give authors and writers who are trying to make a name for themselves and sort of play in that space. It gives them a, a, a way to do that. Um, so there's a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are writing. Um, and so I just felt really, you know, really lucky that I was one of the ones who got tapped for that project. So. No, yeah. it was was the adventure. Was it something you 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 pitched to them, and then later on they gave you the okay to come on board, or did they just approach you to write one? Um, it was they approached me to see if I was interested. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, thankfully, you know, I had the time to be able to do it. Um, and it was kind of a multi-stage. You know, here's the general idea of what we're going for for the book give us your idea of what you want to write. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Now write it. Okay. You know, that's good. Now make it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't anything as simple as just, you know, I write it and turn it in and just dust my hands off. Um, but it was definitely sort of a, a collaborative um, uh, project. Mm-hmm. And uh, how, I guess how much, um, how much of, 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 I guess, how much, uh, you know, it's, I don't mean this to be like a negative thing, um, but I'm wondering how much oversight and how much, um, you know, sort of control or, or input the other, uh, other, uh, other writers or, you know, they might, they might have in this, in, in your piece that you, that you did your adventure or writers from D and D like uh, editors and stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. So, I have not seen the finished product yet either. <laughs> and they are able to, you know, edit and revise as they see fit. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that they, there's probably nothing huge or, or, or crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, as far, far as for me, um, it was not much contact with the other authors. Um, but I know that there is they had made mention that there was potential for some of them to be sort of tied together or okay. Easter eggs and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. I think people, especially on the, um, I say independent, but sort of the DM skilled scene, you know, it's kind of the hazy area between fully indie and, you know, you're still writing for D and D. I think there's this, some sort of mis- some misconception about this, big faceless corporate D and D that, you know, doesn't, that's going to come in and ruin all of anyone's good ideas for, um, for anything official that they bring in. But it really sounds like they're pretty supportive of a lot of, a lot of, of the people they bring in for either co-writing or writing your own adventures. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that they brought in the people that they brought in for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, If they wanted just, the adventures that they wanted the way they wanted them. They have plenty of people on staff that, mm-hmm. you know, they could get to write whatever, but I think they particularly wanted to highlight, you know, other voices in the, I mean, cause they do great work. I love their stuff, but yeah. you know, like, you know, there's, 
so many other voices in the community. Um, and so the fact that they decided to have this project where they reached out to people who aren't on their staff um, or who weren't on their staff at the time, some of them I think are now, um, <laughs> that it's, you know, it really speaks to, I think, what they want to achieve as a company mm-hmm. um, where I, you know, they are a, a, a large corporation, but it's more than about just them. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's such a cool project for that reason. Um, and, and the people they brought in are really, uh, it's a really cool list. Um, have you, uh, did you, did it, was it any different writing? You know, obviously you, there's probably a certain amount, maybe more pressure, but did, did, did you, approach the adventure any differently than you would one you've than another one that you would have written on as a freelancer? Um, for the most part, no, actually. Um, mm-hmm. You know, once they sort of gave the approval for the concept of what I wanted to do, it was just, just get it done, you know, <laughs> sit down and do the writing. And it's, you know, all the same one way or the other. Um, so as far as, as my side of, of doing, you know, actually sitting down and writing things out, it, it went pretty much the same way it normally goes. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there are a few more, you know, moments of, of having to, to check in and, and make sure what I was doing was going to fit with what they wanted. But it, I did not I did not have any 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 major changes to my my habits. <laughs> Did you, uh, you've, you've played five, five fifth edition and run fifth edition and published, um, and worked on things published within the world. And I'm wondering, have you, did you know anything about Candlekeep, uh, going in or did you have to do a little, a little side research before you could? Um, I didn't know much. I knew, you know, that it existed. <laughs> um, and thankfully they, they gave us a little bit of a, you know, this is the write up for it and this is what we're going with and um so that we had some sort of context for what we were putting on paper but i hadn't i'm not i was not big into the candle keep lore yeah um or you know with the forgotten realms sort of bubble <laughs> well one, one cool thing about the the book is that it's um from if we're just from what limited we limited um, from what we know about um, the thing the information D and D's put out the little tiny bit is it's not all it, it, despite the name it it every adventure isn't just set in Candlekeep and from what right. I from what I've heard it's very few of the adventures are actually set just in Candlekeep a lot of the lore expands and they all have a connection and stuff but um, most of them have some other place sometimes. In the rest of the Forgotten Realms, um, the way from the sort of the small little strip that we've been inhabiting for a few years, um, are getting yeah. a lot of shine in this book. I want to ask about that uh, that process that process that you that you mentioned that we when it comes to approaching any adventure, it doesn't have to be the one that you're. Um, that's that's coming out with Candlekeep or any of the ones that you've worked on. Um, I wonder how you approach it at the beginning. Like, how do you start 
how do you come up with an adventure? Like, how do you, what do you, I mean, that's, that's a kind of a very broad question. Um, <laughs> and, the, you know, and obviously, you know, it can be, I mean, I'm, I'm always curious about what influences people have in their writing. Um, but also when, you know, when you sit down, cause you can't write just, you can write anything, but there are some limits. So I'm curious what, what, what you do, what your process begins with. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so it really depends. Obviously most of the adventures that I've written or at least conceived of has been for the group that I run for. Mm -hmm. um, so and for them, I kind of know how to tailor things um, to their specific characters and, and their struggles and, yeah. you know, what they're doing, but also, you know, um, the, the world around them, you know, I, I try to make, my game to be, you know, a living world where it's not just sort of stagnant waiting on the, the players to do things. Things are happening even if they're not actively involved in them. Mm -hmm. um, but for writing an adventure that I'm going to publish, um, it's kind of about what the challenge is going to be for mm -hmm. The, the players or for the for the PCs, um, you know, just I'm not entirely sure, you know, where the original story seed idea comes from, you know, the ethereal muse or whatever. Um, but you know, as soon as I get an idea for something, it's you know, how how can I shape this to be um, about you know, not only the story I want to tell, but how is this going to challenge the players? And at, at what points, you know, more, more than just, you know, here's a big monster, kill it. Um, you know, are, are there going to be moral quandaries? Are there going to be, um, you know, choices and, you know, that they're going to have to make? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to sort of nail it down, but yeah. It's that's yeah. No, I mean that's that's where I just, just sketch it out. Now, do you, do you um, do you outline the, the sort of adventure before you get going, or do you kind of try to like almost kind of play it? Now, people have different approaches. It's not quite as diverse as the way writers approach writing their novels or stories, which there's everybody has their own weird way of doing that. But um, do, do you ever surprise yourself as you're writing an adventure? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think there's always something that's surprising that comes up when you're writing this. I think, you know, whether you're writing a novel or a one shot adventure, you have a basic idea of where things are going to go. But um, like for me, when I'm writing an adventure, I find that it helps for me to really sort of focus on the locations initially to sort mm -hmm. of lay out, you know, on whether or not it, it stays that I'm not I don't lay out a an outline the way I would with a novel. You know, the outline for a novel is beginning, the middle, and the end. Where's the climax? You know, mm -hmm. what what happens to drive the character forward? What's the inciting incident? Um, and there's some of that a little bit in writing D&D adventures because, you know, the concept of the inciting incident, what is what is driving the players forward? What's, the, what's their motivation, you know? Um, but when I'm originally putting it down on paper, breaking it down by location and what NPCs that they might run into. Um, 
And then what specific challenges are at each place is sort of my method of, of getting an adventure down on paper. And then, you know, I can finagle it and shift around what I need to shift around. But um, definitely I have come up with some interesting locations and interesting characters and NPCs. Once you actually sit down and start to think about what this particular adventure needs Mm -hmm. to be, you know, to be interesting. So if, if somebody, when somebody looks as they will, you know, when they go to look at your work and they say, Oh, uh, she's written for 5e. I'd like to try something she's done. Um, you've done a lot of your work, um, in the, uh, with with war with the with warlock and with the Kobold Press, which I believe is yes. um, their Midgard campaign setting, right? Right. Yep. Uh, can you can you tell? I've never. I uh, I'm, I've, I'm I try to be aware of it, and there's so much out there. Kobold has some really great stuff, but I've never actually um, played in that setting. Can you tell me a little bit about what what, what the Midgard setting is like and what people can, can can expect if they do want to give it a shot. <laughs> sure, it's um, it's a setting that's like pseudo. Uh, most of the cultures have you could kind of equate them to current Earth cultures, mm-hmm. um, but the mythos is very um, you know the world is flat. There's you know Drassel, the the world tree, um, mm-hmm. the sort of Norse. Um, mythology is what it's sort of their theology and everything else. Um, some of the races are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to have tieflings. You have shadow Fay. Um, they have a really interesting concept called ley lines, which is, um, you know, the paths of magic throughout the world, but also they tie in their shadow roads that tie in with that. So you can travel instead of, you know, teleporting the way you normally would with a wizard, you can mm-hmm. access the shadow roads and then travel from one point in, in the world to another um, with risks, of course, because yeah. it wouldn't be fun otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely sort of a more uh, dark, has a lot of like dark um, fairy tale may or may not be the right word. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um but it's, yeah, I'm probably not doing a very good job explaining it. <laughs> There's a lot to it, and I am still learning all of it. So, yeah. it, but it's it's a very interesting, um, very well fleshed out setting. Um, yeah. Do you uh, do you like working with uh, as a concept with 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 Fey stuff? I've noticed there's a small trend. Um, is that just something that you just happen to have be part of your, cause with writers, especially when you're freelancing, you don't really get to control. Um, is that just something that you fell into? Or are you interested in that kind of stuff? Um, it's sort of, it's sort of an accidental trend. I mean, I, I really <laughs> enjoy the Fay concept, but it's definitely been sort of um, an accidental trend um, that started <laughs> when I was writing the novel that you know, is coming out. Um, and then I just sort of kept ending up with the Fey things, um, which, you know, it's fine by me. I, I really enjoy it. Um, it's definitely interesting to sort of see some of the accidental trends that you fall into. And I don't know if it's because people expect it or if it just happens to be, you know, 
what you're writing at the time or what, you know, somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey, I really liked this faith thing you did over here. Can you come do a faith thing for me over, you know, in my stuff? So, you know, but it's been good. So I didn't know that you've got a, uh, you've got a novel coming out, another novel coming out soon. Yeah. So, um, my novel Weaver's Folly, um, it's a cyberpunky urban fantasy mm-hmm. set sort of in like a near future Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally published in 2018 and then my publisher collapsed oh, for oh no. lack of a better word. Um, yes, it was very frustrating, um, yeah. but it has a new home and is coming out again. Oh, okay. um, on February 11th with Falstaff Press. So right now it's in this like out of print bubble at the moment. Um, it's actually, you can pre-order the Kindle copy if you want to on Amazon. Um, but yeah, it'll be back in print in like actual, you know, physical purchasable copies in February. So, yeah. That's really cool. And, you know, just looking at, I looked at the, description of, of of weaver's folly and it's really interesting um you know cyberpunk is a really cool genre and obviously it's a very in the moment genre right now for a variety of reasons yeah um, yeah but i'm a big fan of injecting i like when there's a little bit of magic injected into it. like i'm a big fun a uh, big fan of shadow run mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so it that's interesting and so yeah i will definitely um include a link um down below so people can check that out um and so that's being that's and that's being re-released you said in february yes february 11th is when you can purchase the physical copy it says book one so it sounds like you've got a uh a a series planned yeah yeah there will be more books um (laughs) forthcoming when i write them (laughs) no yep there are more books uh planned to be to be to come out so yeah so um, we're about close to, I think, end of end of time. Um, okay. Uh, and I wanted to um, ask what well, I wanted to ask two things. One of them is hard for writers. One of them is hard for D and D players. So I always like sometimes I like to ask both when someone is both. Um, do you have a what are you reading right now? What what uh, is there a books or, or stories or things? Uh, I actually just finished reading Cersei uh, by Madeline Miller. I think. Oh yeah, that, that um, came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It was it was amazing. It was fantastic. Um, I hadn't read any of her stuff before, and I got the book for Christmas, and so um, I just finished that one. So I have not picked up a new book yet. Um, like literally just finished that book. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm in the market for something else. But yeah, I'll have to keep an eye I'll have to keep an eye out this uh new year, all the new books are gonna be announced for this year. So yep, um yep. I'm wondering when you're playing D and D, uh or I mean this could be or just something you like to write for, but I'm wondering if you have a class, if you have a, a favorite class to play or um or to write for or something like that. Yeah, uh, Rogue, absolutely, rogue. every time. In fact, uh, I just started playing a Shadowrun game myself this oh. week, and I had originally wanted to play, you know, a Street Sam, really gruff, angry, impulsive, and then 
everybody else was playing a gruff, angry, impulsive. So <laughs> I started to rewrite my character and looked at it and went, oh, I'm playing the rogue again. Okay. Like, even though it's not, it's not D&D, but it's, she's the stealthy, sneaky, snarky character. Yeah, for sure. Rogue. 100%. <laughs> what what draws you to the to that character and that particular sort of archetype of character? Uh, I'm not sure honestly. <laughs> um when I originally started playing D&D, I definitely was more of a fighter. Um mm-hmm. I didn't want anything complicated. I just wanted to hit things. Um but there's definitely something really fun when you roll, you know, really high stealth roll <laughs> or being, in, being able to get into other places and um, being where you're not supposed to be. It's a yeah. lot of fun. So. Always, yeah. always fun. And uh, it, so you, we, we mentioned the novel uh, that's coming out in February and obviously you've got Candlekeep Mysteries coming out in March. Um yep. Is there anything else you have uh, coming out soon? We could keep. We should keep an out. Keep an eye out for. So, as far as publishing, so I, I have a, um, an ongoing blog series I'm doing for Cobalt Press of mm-hmm. dungeon tables. So it's everything from you know random encounters to mildly magical curios that you sort of want to throw into a shop. All sorts of stuff. Um, but other than that, uh, I'm working on a more different novel but it's still in a really rough phase right now but I kind of want to try my hand at writing a longer adventure for D&D mm-hmm. um because right now I've mostly done you know one shots or you know what what you call a one shot um short self-contained uh little adventures so I, I may be looking at um at doing that in the near future, maybe (laughs) if I can nail something down. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where can, for when we're trying to, if we want to follow, if we want to follow that work, follow your, your writing or your, 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 your D and D work and our other systems and things, where can we, where can we find you online? Oh gosh. Uh, I have a Facebook page. Uh, I think Sarah Madsen author, um, is the best way to find me there. But I'm definitely more active on Twitter mm-hmm. um, at Unfettered Muse um, is my Twitter handle. And my website is unfetteredmuse.com. So both of those places are probably the best way to kind of keep tabs on what's going on with me. So Okay. I did want to ask at one I did want to ask at some point where that um, where that comes from, the unfettered muse. Uh, it came from, I needed to make a Twitter handle and <laughs> I didn't know what else to pick. Hey. It was sort of in that, that bubble between, like, I hadn't really thought about using Twitter as mm-hmm. a professional platform at the time. I was making it just sort of to keep up with my friends because that's yeah. what you do. Um, and so, yeah, I just created it. And then once I started networking more on Twitter, it sort of carried over and there's there's other sarah madsons and so yeah. I'm like, uh, you know i couldn't get a sarah madson handle it would have to be sarah madson underscore seven or something like that mm-hmm. um so yeah i just kind of played around and picked that and then just kept it and ran with it so I, yeah i do kind of miss when when 
Twitter was just for was just a social media for keeping up with people. <laughs> you know, it didn't become a, <laughs> an essential yeah. part of doing business. <laughs> Twitter Twitter is one of those places that it's it's it can be awful. I, I don't think I have you know a big enough Twitter following that I've really gotten into the toxicity that can be there because mm-hmm. um, I know it can be really awful for some people. Um, but I've gotten like most of my opportunities for for writing have come from Twitter and, you know, other editors and publishers that have just put out calls and said, you know, Hey, we're looking for people, send me a DM or link me your stuff. And so I can't, I can't recommend Twitter, (laughs) but it's a great place to go as long as you are able to, you know, learn how to sort of moderate your own space, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for all of the insights into your writing process and your development as a, as a writer and a D&D creator and just into D&D as a whole. Well, thank you. And uh, yeah, so and thank you again for, for, for coming on. It's been great. Thanks.